0: Hello and welcome to YHGV's Magical Medical Tour. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Christina Suzama, and with me is our wonderful medical guide, Dr. Glenn Woolman. Hello, Dr. Woolman.
1: And greetings to you, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> and greetings to everyone, actually. Welcome to Magical Medical Tour. I'm Dr. Glenn Wallman. I will be your medical guide along with Christina today as we travel through another quadrant of the healthcare galaxy in search of optimal health. Mm-hmm. I think we may find some today, Christina.
0: Mm, love it. Don't we find yeah. some in every show we do? It's like I think we do. I love it. We just like jump the stars and each star has a new story. I love it.
1: Yeah. You know, when I was thinking, we, we seem to always have, um, there's one of three themes that I think we're falling into right now, at least for... The moment. One is we interview healers that are specifically in a field of healing, a doctor, uh, an acupuncturist, a naturopath, someone like that. And then we uh, also, we interview people that have occasionally had magical spiritual healing. You know, in fact, we're going with uh, Scott Spaulding now, who's going through chemotherapy mm-hmm. for a colon cancer. And then occasionally Uh, We also do a show with people that have had uh, some kind of an illness and that have, from that illness, created their own specific... Uh, place in the healing process. Like uh, when we interviewed Lily Padilla, episode 133, Mm -hmm. she had ovarian cancer, and that motivated her to a career in healing. And today, we're going to be interviewing Kelly Jean Daymeyer, who is a certified health and wellness life coach, Mm -hmm. who also has a very inspiring story uh, that's going to uh, give people a lot of hope today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Before we meet Kelly Jean, how do people get in touch with her and us?
0: Mm, I'm so excited for this show, Glenn. Mm. Uh, at any time during the show, you can feel free to ask a question or make a comment simply by scrolling down on your screen and typing it into the comment box. Now, you can do this at any time. If you're watching this show a year from now or two years from now, it doesn't matter. You can do so, and we will make sure to... If it's a question for our special guest, we will actually get it over to them or for Dr. Woolman or for us. We will definitely reply to you. Now, if you are listening to this um, on a podcast or any device, pick up the phone. Give us a call. Um, You can call us at 818-LET'S-TALK. 818-LET'S-TALK. Thank you very much, Glenn.
1: Uh, You're welcome. And we had a recent episode with our integrative holistic psychiatrist, Dr. Mm. James Lake, and he told me it was okay for me to ask people to like me on my Facebook page, The Medical Guide. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I got over all my insecurities and now I can say, like me share me
0: (laughs) well i would get very jealous if too many shared you
1: (laughs) okay ask christina whether or not you can share me (laughs) (laughs)
0: there
1: we go well if you remember a couple of uh uh, months ago we interviewed dr burton wagner a, a uh doctor of chiropractic and we talked with him about chiropractic and beyond the bliss program and a few other things well he's the one that recommended uh kelly jean daymeyer to us so we thank him for that and let's not waste any more time and find out this great inspiring story kelly jean daymeyer welcome
2: thank you glad to be here happy holidays
0: happy holidays kelly jean thank you so much for honoring us here
2: Oh, my gosh. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: Kelly Jean, as uh, the medical guide, I usually like to tell people where we're going to go, but I'm not totally sure where we're going today. Okay. I think what, what we want to do is we f- want to find out about your story, uh, the beginnings mm-hmm. of your story, which were not very good. And uh, we come to where you are today, which is very good as a life and well, uh, wellness and health life coach, right? Mm, that's yeah, right. That's a great place to be. But you weren't there at the beginning, and that's what we want to find out. We want to find out, and we also want to give hope and inspiration to other people that may be going through things that you went through to let them know that, you can get through this and you can make good things out of your life from this. So how does that sound to you?
2: It sounds great because I I know your intentions and the intentions here are not to exploit the story rather, you know, share my story so that I think, you know, so that others do have, you know, that feeling of hope and no matter where they are, how low their life seems to be, you know, at, at this time. And when I do work with people now, um, Oftentimes, there's stories that come, you know, they're living a part of my story, and that's the beauty is that I can relate to so many different parts of, you know, uh, people's adversity.
1: And I would imagine that comes in fairly handy when people say, oh, you don't understand what I'm going through because I'm addicted to this.
2: That's right. And that's why I I do appreciate this very meaningful interview because oftentimes if I'm doing a morning show uh, segment, they're very short, you know, three minute uh, clips and segments. And so you just can't, people don't really understand and they don't know, you know, where I come from. And uh, so they kind of see me as somebody who's healthy and well and uh, but they don't know just how low I had gone, you know, um, in the beginning of you know of my life. So
1: let's mm. find out, Kelly if you, <laughs> Kelly Jean. If you were going to write your memoirs, what would the, what would the title be?
2: Garden of Eden. <laughs> 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 <Beautiful. That's laughs> Garden of Eden, and uh, and that's just because I tasted every apple.
1: Oh,
0: lovely!
1: I tasted every apple. <laughs> oh, did you start out in the Garden of Eden?
2: Well, I mean, you know, I was, uh, I've, I came in with a really big spirit. And I think there are two, two words that have haunted me my whole life from others. And it's just, it's uh, calm down. <laughs> you <know? laughs>
0: Did you always hear that from your mother? Settle down. <laughs>
2: Settle down. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, I was just a wild stallion, you know, coming in and, um, had a huge amount of energy, extremely passionate, a very sensitive child, very emotional, uh, curious. Uh, and I also came, you know, and I was raised in Indiana, Fort Wayne. So Midwest, wow. there's that culture back there, right? That, Sure is. In some ways, it was very. Uh, I'd like. I don't want to say in a negative way, but it was a little bit oppressive, and so it really. I didn't really feel safe to be fully who I was emotionally, and you know, we were raised Lutheran, um, and again, very conservative. Uh, you know, upbringing, very family oriented. And uh, that I very much appreciated, and they're into. And, and now I really appreciate the the Midwest, you know, uh, ways, and so. And, and there's a lot of beauty in it, right? Um, so anyway yeah and there was also I had a predisposition to addictions so alcoholism was very dominant on uh, my father's side of the family and also uh, depression was uh, very much a part of both sides my mother's and my father's side so I came in with um, you know a, a physiological predisposition to addiction. so you know, coupled with, of course, my personality, which was very high strung and, um, you know, very independent, very fiery. And then my mother and father, the marriage was very volatile, very, there was a lot of, you know, um, dysfunction in the family. Uh, And uh, so it was sort of a recipe for disaster. (laughs) You know, I was just, you know, it was a pretty big setup right there. And so when I first got my mouth on sugar, that was my first I called drug of choice and uh, <laughs> yeah. And once I once I tasted sugar, it was all over. I I just um found my salvation, so to speak. And go ahead. Margaret, you, go ahead and finish. Yeah. yeah, so um so yeah, my 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 first addiction. So you know, really, yes, addictions were a really huge piece, and that was my first out of many. And so we're going.
1: What I want to do um, mm-hmm. is talk about your early years, say up to teenager then I want to go through teenage, and then I want to go through early adult, and then now, and then I want to get into uh, what you do now and how you help people. So I want to focus on this for a little while just to get a sense of the big picture. So let's take around nine years old. What was your body image?
2: So because of the fact that Early on, I had been overweight, bullied for being overweight. I had um, developed some pretty intense body image issues, and so all I ever wanted was to be pretty. So by the time I was nine, th- we the divorce had happened between my parents. My mother had moved the three of us to San Diego. I had found a way to control my, you know, weight. You know, get the weight down and start tanning my body. And then I began to. I was nominated for uh, homecoming princess, and that. that That was my first experience of feeling beautiful. And so I really took that ball and ran with it. And uh, so, am I going where you want me to go with this? And so, from that experience, um, it was just this it was an unending chase, right? I, I just had to be pretty. That was all I wanted. And so, we, you know, so it was so that's where the alcoholism started. I started uh, using drugs to curb my appetite, cigarettes. And then, you know, I was winning all these bikini contests and, you know, so I went from rags to riches, so to speak, you know, from the ugly duckling to, um, you know, being a bikini icon in San Diego, Miss Mission Beach, 1980. Um, and then, I uh, came upon my last contest that would have taken me to New York and I would have had interviews with all the big agents, you know, at the age of 16. It was the Miss Jordash contest. And I lost it by like two points. And I really felt I had failed at that point. And it was like my whole world just, I felt like Cinderella that just, you know, the pumpkin, you know, it was just like everything just fell apart for me internally, emotionally. Um, I dropped out of school and everything just escalated at that point. And I was out of the house. At a very young age, 16, and I was living with, you know, um, a a man much older than me and uh, then got into cocaine and everything escalated, all the addictions and more alcohol, more drugs. My life then it just it just like snowballed. And by the end. Um, I was, and this was my bottom, I was living in Mexico, I was crossing the border, and I was topless dancing in San Diego. And, uh, you know, it was it was a very, very dark place that I had, that all of my addictions had taken me, and myself will.
1: While you were going through all these addictions, and you talk about, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the nicotine and the sugar and the cocaine and alcohol, uh, you were... T- maybe trying to fill some voids.
2: Oh, big void. And it was like a bottomless pit of, I, there was nothing that could fill me up. And it was, you know, th- the food especially was was really, you know, it was like, I, I I would eat and it was like, there was something I was really wanting to just fill, fill and get filled. I could never get filled up. And, you know, of course, Once I began to come into a feeling of self-love and then I understood what that was, but for so many years, I couldn't understand why, why I couldn't get filled up. I didn't understand that I was trying to fill a void. And so there were throughout my, you know, in 1987, uh, I was intervened upon for my drug and uh, alcohol addiction. My mother was, uh, it was a divine intervention that happened. And I surrendered, um, but it was you know she really nailed me to the wall with my, my alcoholism and, and very much confronted me heavily one evening, and so I buckled and finally admitted and uh, was in rehabilitation uh, at Scripps Memorial Hospital about a week after that intervention, and I was uh, a thirty it was there for thirty days as an inpatient. I had a spiritual experience uh, in my first week that caused me to totally surrender, and it was very it was very powerful and. And so throughout all my years of recovery, and I wasn't in all women's recovery home for almost two years and, uh, you know, had certainly done along with a lot of AA meetings, uh, I was doing a lot of uh, therapy as well. And so many therapists would talk up, you know, you've got to love yourself and it's all about, I just couldn't get it. I just, I didn't understand it. I didn't know what they meant. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I I just, it was like they'd speak the words, but nothing was, it just, I didn't understand. And so the binge eating issue didn't get dealt with until my ninth year of sobriety. So I suffered for a lot of years of my sobriety with the binge eating problem. And so it wasn't until then, you know, when I overcame that and the process of overcoming that was that when I discovered that I had been so... I had no feel, I was so separated from my soul. Like, I didn't even know my soul. Like, I was so removed and detached from my soul. So it was a process of writing and, you know, and really committing to not, I had certain boundaries that around my eating that then allowed for, me to feel for the first time, right? To feel feelings. This, came, when you talk,
1: this came during mm-hmm. your rehab?
2: Well, during rehabilitation, um, you know, certainly you're going to start. Experiencing feelings, you know, coming off of alcohol and drugs and being in, you know, group settings and AA meetings. In AA meetings, I began to learn about who I was because other people were sharing very vulnerably. And then all of a sudden, I would relate to what it is that they were sharing, right? So then I would identify, oh my gosh, I feel that way too. So there were, I began to get glimpses of who I was. Uh, because of other people reflecting to me, you know, the pain of, of what I was really, you know, of what was in me, but I had not been able to identify on my own. Does that make any sense? Because addictions, you're so far away. You've learned, I learned to be so uh, detached from any kind of feelings. That's what the addictions were about for me. It's like, it's not okay to feel. <laughs> Right, mm. so it was. It was like I immediately found all the vices to camouflage feelings to to not have to feel them. So yeah,
1: Kelly Jean, did you have uh, when when you were a child and you were obese and being bullied? Was there anything that people were saying to you, family that were trying to get you? did they recognize you had a sugar habit and did they recognize you were addictive and did they try and say things to you at that point
2: Oh absolutely and, and what
1: made you not listen
2: Because the insatiable appetite was so overwhelming that it was like um it was like a monster in me that had to get it was. It was like there was, and and so it didn't matter what anybody said. It was like what what was speaking much more uh, strongly was just the desire to get that need met. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It sure like does. All I needed was. I just wanted the sugar. I just wanted the food. So yeah, and the pain of what that caused. I mean, as far as being overweight and being bullied my
0: addiction to the food outweighed it. So, mm. yeah. And, and may I ask, what about your siblings? Did they have any of these addictions as well? So we all had our own f- addictions. Yes.
2: My, my siblings had addictions as well. Mm. And um, yeah. So yeah, without revealing sort of, you know, their story, um, without them being here, I would say that, yes, you know, we all had our own addictions and Yeah. Mm. Oh, so yeah. And when, it was it was very prevalent. Yeah.
1: When you work with kids now, and I may be rushing this a little, so if you want to an, answer this a little bit later, mm-hmm. uh, looking back, uh, when people tried to tell you things that would help you, you were oblivious to those things. What insights have you learned now that if you were meeting a nine-year-old girl as one of your clients? Uh, who had was being bullied because of obesity, you saw her sugar addiction, and you could actually look at her path and see her living in Mexico, and you could hear the tune that she's going to be dancing to, right? Yeah. How How would you uh, speak to her?
2: Well, I'm going to say something that I feel seems to happen uh, when I work with people, and I hope it answers your question there seems to be a little magic that that seems to occur and it's not necessarily i would say magic as much as it is because of the fact that i embody i am embody i embody i am happiness i am truly experiencing and living from a place of joy and you know uh self love like that is a model for who it is that i'm working with because it's, it's actually, it, it, it is me. So, like, I can't tell you how many therapists I sat in front of for all those years, you know, and that I didn't feel really modeled it. Does that make sense? They weren't embodying self-love themselves. I, I didn't feel that there was a real reflection going on from a real. Oh, so, I, I see. I, so, I, so, I think what happens is that they, they get, they, I am, all I'm doing when I'm working with people is I'm reflecting a wellness that is already in them they already are well it's just they haven't opened up to that well part of who they are my essence as a child was love and joy that's who i really was it's just that i i was i i ch- i wasn't channeling i didn't have or i didn't i wasn't cultivating and i wasn't watering the love and the joy of the essence of who i was right Mm -hmm. There was like, everything else was like that, that got buried, (laughs) you know? So it wasn't until years later through, you know, you know, I had to uncover the well person that's inside of me that always was meant to be. And so all I'm doing with who I work with is I am reflecting to them who they really are, which is love, which is you know, uh, um, joy, which is wellness and health, right? It's everything they really want to be. They are.
1: When did you you recognize (laughs) that?
2: Oh, well, I'll tell you, you know, um, there were certainly versions of it throughout all the years, but I have to say that the most significant time where I really came into that piece was when I did some of the most powerful spiritual work with a man by the name of Bill Bauman, and that was back in 2005. And he is that love that is so powerful, and so that when I was in the face of his love, and everybody else in you know that was also doing the work. It was like I opened up to my own love, my light. It was like my light was right there. It just opened up to, I opened up to it. And it was so significantly powerful that all the pain that was still kind of hanging around my soul or any kind of shame, just, I'll never forget it. It was like a fire hose of release. I mean, just a pain, like crying, and it was a shedding. There was like I couldn't even make sense of any of the story of all the pain that was being released in the face of all that love. And then it was like I came. So I call that enlightenment. That's what I called that. That was an enlightenment that I had um, experienced. And it's never gone away. Of course, I always tell people that, and, and it is true that we're either sort of in a contracted, ex, you know, we're either in, a, in a, a contracted experience within a given day or a moment, or we're in a more expanded experience, right? So I I know when I'm feeling contracted and I'm in that limited human experience, right? Versus Wait, before, that more, Before
1: you go forward, mm-hmm. yeah. Describe that contracted uh, experience. For when I'm in that- my
2: head and self-will, and I'm willing my way through my day, and I'm, you know, uh, thinking about things that are more negative, or I'm react, I'm reacting to, uh, you know, somebody on the road driving in a certain way, or if I am even trying to accomplish a business task, and I'm very much in my head about it, and uh, rather than feeling myself in the flow and in an expansion of you know, just enjoyment and uh, allowing for things to just happen more from that place.
1: Okay, very nice. So, wh- all through your career, uh, starting at you know eight, nine, ten, when we speak with physicians, uh, I always ask them, you know, when did you want to be a doctor, or when did you want to be uh, this kind of a healer? Uh, and most of them started very young. Most of them in their stories started very young. Did you? At any point in your life, have a career path that you were looking for uh, that was or was not health and wellness?
2: Oh, you mean before becoming a health and wellness professional? Yes,
1: yes. Was that your goal and you just hadn't met that? Or you, all of this was designed to get you to that? Or did you have, you know, you I said. I wanted to be an actress. B- you wanted to be I an mean, actress. So, I so wanted you were- to be.
2: Yeah, it's it's like uh when I was uh three years into my sobriety, I moved to Los Angeles to pursue an acting career. So that so, was So where did
1: you wait tables?
2: So, and at the time, you know, I I waited tables at the Cheesecake Factory, and uh, that was what you did, right, when you pursued acting up in L.A., so, and I had never (laughs) waited tables before, so I had to figure that one out. How am I going to do this? And uh, that was a great story, too, how they hired me finally after my fourth interview and begging for the job. So I did that for almost 10 years while I pursued acting up there. Yeah.
1: I'm trying to picture what a food binger's... uh,
2: Listen, honey. Let me tell you. I I I was because during the course of the nine years that I worked there, nine years and five days wow. and two hours, and you know, <laughs> it's the hardest job I ever had. Let me tell you. Um, and I always tell everybody, hey, look. When you decide to do something and make changes, it doesn't matter where you work, <laughs> who you're married yeah. to, how many kids you have. <laughs> you know, uh, because you'll do it. When you're ready, you'll do it. And, and it's a great example of that is here I was working at the Cheesecake Factory, right? And I lost all that weight during the course of... During the course of... I started out as a smoker. I had still been smoking cigarettes. So I had quit smoking in 1996. I was working there uh, as a waitress. And uh, the other thing is I had gained 60-something pounds while working there. And I also lost over 60 pounds while working there. So, wow. And I also healed my body of a chronic illness while working at the Cheesecake Factory. So, you know, yeah. Wow. So it doesn't matter what environment we're in or, you know, we can't blame anything on anybody or anything of, as to why we're not making changes in our lives. And I can tell you that because I'm, I'm a testimony of that. It's when we're That's ready, we're ready. about what
1: we're going to find out. So when you... When you talk about um, being at Cheesecake Factory and thinking about acting and and thinking about healing, what happened that changed you into moving into a career of health and wellness?
2: Well, uh, after losing all the weight, I got hit with a panic disorder to where for two years straight, I was uh, on a daily basis suffering from severe panic attacks some of which, Took me racing to the hospital, thinking I was having heart attacks, and they would hook me up to these EKGs, and only to find out that hey, you're fine, and this and that. And one time, a doctor came in with a box of Paxol, handed it to me, and said, "These are what you need. You're you're suffering from panic, a panic disorder." And I had been raised not to use any sort of medications to treat my body, you know, to get it well. My mother raised us to be very holistic, uh, so I immediately, of course, said no to that and said, you know, refer me to a psychologist. So, uh, that didn't work either. So, uh, it took me, you know, a couple of years to figure it out. And it was through energy work, acupuncture and meditation that finally got me over it. But by that time i burned a hole in my stomach. So I had a very severe ulcer, couldn't mm. eat a thing without being in excruciating pain. So somebody had introduced me to the macrobiotic diet, And it was the only thing that gave me relief. So I was 100% like, that was it. I knew. I was just, my intentions were to heal my body through that way of eating. And I did. And it was eight months. It took me eight months. And then I went and studied it. I thought, I, this is it. I'm going to become a macrobiotic counselor. I'm going to live this way forever, eat this way forever. And so I went and lived in the Berkshire Mountains. And, yeah, and I was at the Cushy Institute and and studied macrobiotics. became a third-level graduate. Then came back to Los Angeles thinking that that was... Uh, what I was going to do, and then only five years later to find out that um, it was a vegetarian-based diet, and it was it. I had broken down all my proteins. Uh, my iron stores were uh, at an all-time low. My immune system was like ridiculously low, and I was extremely sick, very, very, very sick. So I had to pick up my pieces again. So that was where I started to get into the health, prof- you know, profession, thinking it was going to be macrobiotics. It's a wonderful way of healing the body is, you know, it can be very therapeutic and, you know, there's wonderful um, aspects to that, that to a macrobiotic way of eating. However, it it was not
1: an optimal
2: way of eating for me. It was more of a therapeutic way of eating, but not optimal. And so, yeah, go ahead.
1: Well, I was going to, uh, I want to stay on the macrobiotics, but you brought up an interesting point for me that I would like you to just briefly clarify. Mm-hmm. Uh, you didn't want to take drugs because you were taught not to take uh, medications, but you had no problem taking uh, street drugs
2: exactly isn't that it's just a, such a contradiction It is unbelievable. And in fact, I was you know there was never a day that I missed taking my handful of vitamins, you know after having been up all night on cocaine. <laughs>
1: You know, hello. Wow. <laughs> no, vitamin I'm C. am the first
2: to admit, you know, it's called insanity and there's so many different forms of it. Right. I mean, you know, it's like uh, we're all kind of nuts
0: <laughs> you know, in some ways. Right? right. One jar of
2: mixed <laughs> It nuts. just keeps going. <laughs> yeah. But at least, hey, who knows? I mean, maybe that handful of vitamins kept me some, you know, alive. Uh, I don't know. Yeah,
0: but yeah. Uh, <laughs> No doubt it did. No doubt it did.
2: <laughs> Crazy.
1: <laughs> Not nice. sure of that. What explain microbiotics just in about 2 or 3 sentences?
2: Yeah, it's just it's the whole study of energy and food. So it's the idea that food is you know energy, and um, you know you're eating in um, accordance to the seasons, and we kind of do it naturally. I mean, let's think about it. summer, hot. You know, you go for cooling foods. You know, more yin. So you're going for you know more fruits and raw vegetables. Uh, you know, in the wintertime we go for more yangizing, kind of uh, you know baking, um, you know. Uh, butternut squashes and, you know, uh, heartier grains, that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's just being in sink and in a rhythm and a flow and being in harmony with the energies of the foods and the energies of the seasons and and um, yeah that kind of thing and it gets it gets kind of deep when you're talking about to trying to heal your body from a particular illness and you know some illnesses are more yin and yang and then you know how to create a actual way of eating in, in a macrobiotic way that would promote healing in the body that kind of thing so. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so nutrition became an important part of your healing process, and it also seemed to at the time when you were uh, coming into some form of enlightenment and moving in a new direction. Now you're trying to put together a life for yourself. Uh, You know, I love
2: I I love Glenn. He's so organized in his way of thinking. You know, we 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 really I really need that because uh, yeah, as you can see with my story, it can get all over the map. So yes. Yes.
1: Okay, now I have to be a linear. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what's your favorite movie? My favorite movie uh the no, notebook. I don't even care if you. Have to do it. <laughs> the Notebook. <laughs> That's okay. So uh, now you're looking at healing and you're also still at the Cheesecake Factory.
2: So at this point, you know, I, um, was not, my father passed away in 1999 of a massive heart attack and it was a real devastating experience. Um, and I left that job about a year after that, there was a certain amount of abundance that I had come into from my father having passed away that allowed for me to have some financial freedom that then gave me, you know, the ability to be able to go and study the macrobiotics. And then when coming back, I was able to then also, um, you know, uh, begin to spend the money on becoming, you know, a professional. Also, um, actually a certified personal trainer first. So I began to, you know, come into that athleticism in me. You know, I was really, a, I've always been an athlete by nature. Mm-hmm. And very much into my body. I was a softball player, you know, in... in um, um, in my teens, and so that kind of came out in me. You know that that so I became a personal trainer. Um, I was still trying to find my wave uh, nutritionally, and so that was when I came into Dr. Schwarzbein's material, the famous endocrinologist up in your nook of the woods in Santa Barbara. Diana there,
1: Schwarzbein, Yeah, we're going She's to amazing. try and get her on our show.
2: She's amazing. She she actually, if she only knew, she I tell you, she um she saved my life. Really, I mean. In, in many ways, it was like it was through her uh, my studying her materials that I began to truly understand the body and brain chemical balance and, um, you know, balancing the uh, endocrine system through nutrition. And that was a very big missing piece all my years of recovery. I have to say that there were a lot of times people wanted me to go on medication throughout my years of recovery because I'm so high strung. And can you imagine? I mean, I was not balanced through nutrition at all. So there was all the highs and the lows, and uh, you know. And it wasn't until I began to apply all of her teachings and begin to i began to understand wow this is balance this i began to feel the balance in my body when i began to blood sugar stabilize with my nutrition and that is really the foundation of her teachings so um, and then um, I eventually became a certified nutritionist under Mark McDonald, who he's all about blood sugar stabilization. That made sense to me. Um, and then I just continued to I, fitness was really what I mastered. in uh, early on, was I was doing a lot of fitness. I was NASM certified, ACE certified, uh, you know, White Lotus Yoga certified, Matt Pilates certified, every group fitness venue certified, Zumba, everything. Nia taught it all. And had even my own studio at one point and taught in many, many health clubs. And, uh, you know, so, so that was really uh, a big part of what I did for many years. And then nutrition, as I kept finding more and more uh, wellness and my way toward, you know, to, to great nutrition. And that was what I also was doing a lot of with my clients was, was working nutritionally with them. And so, um, and then the spiritual piece came in, in about 2000, I left AA, I left all 12 steps in my 16th year of sobriety. And I will be celebrating 29 years, um, in January here. Mm. And, and I left, I left all the 12 steps in 16 years of sobriety, and the reason why I was I was finished with that sort of paradigm. I was done, and I needed to some more. Ex- I didn't want to identify anymore as an alcoholic, a drug addict. I didn't feel that that was who I was anymore. I just wasn't. I didn't want it. I didn't want that language anymore. And. I wanted a more expanded spiritual experience. I I, I I knew that there was just more that I wanted, and I did find that with Bill Bauman and that he was really my spiritual mentor. And you know, I continue to just grab, take from many teachers out there, as we know, there are so many amazing spiritual facilitators and leaders, and there's just so much to draw from out there. And I am not about limiting myself at all. I am all about, yeah, go ahead. What are you going to say, Glenn?
1: No, go ahead. Finish that.
2: Yeah, I just um, I'm all about just opening up to all of the most beautiful, you know, messages and and learning from everyone. And you know, Oprah Winfrey, I have to say, she is my my role model as a facilitator, as somebody who keeps it real. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You always know who that woman is, and she Mm -hmm. does not hold any airs and uh, yet at the same time, she's extremely um, empowered and, you know, wise, and she also came from the trenches and just, you know, uh, bloomed and blossomed and just continues on her journey and path, and so she, to me, is what I feel is a great role model of a great facilitator, and so I look to her a lot, too, for, you know, inspiration, and
1: yeah. When I... When I- work with people that are addicted, and having looked at addictions uh, throughout my career, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a genetic component, there's neurotransmitter components, there's personality components, uh, the people and the environment around you. Uh, Most people don't actually uh, get cured from an addiction. Uh, Mm -hmm. Some people do, and I'm wondering if you have been cured from addictions or you've created a new addiction for yourself and if so what is that addiction now
2: well I, I don't even know Glenn if I'd want to use that word addiction um, because I'm not sure I I yeah I wouldn't even say that I wouldn't even use that word but um, <laughs> And do I think that I'm cured from addictions? Let's put it this way. I do not underestimate the power of alcohol in my chemistry. I think I have an allergy to alcohol in my chemistry, in my blood. Once it hits my blood, you know, (laughs) uh, yes, I think that there's a brain chemical, for sure, we know, there's, as the research shows, right, Right. that, yeah, I mean, without breaking it all down. Um, So I don't underestimate that. What I say, though, is that um, I choose not to put that in my body, that substance. And we know that sugar, you know, has a very similar effect, right? right? And you know, I'd love to say in a perfect world that I never eat sugar, and most of the time I don't. Around the holidays, I party a little bit. But you know, it's never anymore. Never do I eat anymore from a place of trying to stuff feelings and an insatiable I have now a different relationship with food. And I do have, you know, self-control over the sugar now because I'm not, I'm not stuffing feelings. I'm not running away from feelings. I'm not using it for those purposes. But yes, if it, if I do have, if I eat sugar, yes, it's like, you know, you can feel it. It's like, wow, I love it. I want it again. You know, it's (laughs) like, it just has that effect on every single person. You know, it's like, it's not about being an addict or not an addict. Sugar is just got that, you know, um, effect on, on, on most people, right?
1: Right. Well, I was just, yeah. uh, as you were speaking about the macrobiotics and a third stage master, and then you went into White Lotus and uh, Matt Pilates and certified, and you listed a number of certifications that you had, it, it was occurring to me that that might be your new form of an addiction.
2: Oh, you know, it's more like, um, I'm just super inspired. I have like, I'm very passionate and I love life. And when I feel inspired to do something and to pursue something, then I do it. And so for me, it was like Matt Pilates. I love the body and I wanted to learn more and I wanted to learn more and I wanted to learn more. You know, when I was doing fitness, I didn't want to just you know, learn one piece of it, you know, it, it was like I knew that there was a lot of value in the Pilates, you know, and, and really developing the core musculature strength in a variety of different ways. And so for me, I wanted to be very good at what I was doing. And I was also very interested in bringing that whole, you know, way of exercising into my body and knowing it and learning it and being able to pass it on to my clients, you know. So now
1: let's so, talk about your clients. Okay. Right. okay, Len. Yeah. Unless you wanted to finish something. Then I don't even. No, I'm I'm fine. Yeah. Let's You're good. <laughs> okay. So, all right. Um, talking about your clients. Who comes lo- to you?
2: I love my clients. I love my clients. I love who comes Every to you and
1: why do they come to you?
2: I feel it's a, you know, spiritual thing, you know, it's a spiritual union. I feel that there is, uh, you know, s- as much as we are a part of, uh, you know, creating what's happening in our life, I think there's that mystical force that's also bringing us together. Right. And I feel that that is what's happening between myself and clients. And that's the other thing that I was talking about earlier too. It's when I try to push business and try to push and will my, will somebody coming toward me or wanting my help, then that's not really being in the flow. And what I recognize is that oftentimes if I just lay back, sit back and just open up and receive and be willing, you know, and just, and just, you know, just allow for, then the exact person comes, you know, phone, you know, I get the phone call or, you know, the word of mouth, or it's always perfect timing and it's always the perfect person. So it's a spiritual union, I feel, between myself and others, and we're being brought together.
1: When these people come to you, um, I'm guessing that when you speak with them, the process is you have long talk with them and you decide, uh, I'm, I'm guessing that not everyone gets Pilates, the white lotus, the macronutrients, and all of the other things you do. You put things together that's specific for each person, or does everybody get uh, the whole buffet?
2: So it's, it's all up to what a person is ready for and what they're feeling inspired to do and what they financially can afford as well. So, cause there's a lot, some components here that um, I work with. So there's nutrition, Buddhist mm-hmm. medicine, as we know. And mm-hmm. uh, to me, that's the most important. Uh, there's fitness. There's also supplements. As we know, you know, you, you know, you're deficient in in a in a vitamin. It can have devastating effects on your you know entire chemistry on your you know. And uh, I am now also working with essential oils. Those are powerful. And spirituality, right? Lifestyle. Mm-hmm. All of sure. those are very key components to wellness. So. Yes, the thing that I'm doing is and and there's people that come to me that are open a hundred percent to all of it. And they are just raring to go, and they really want all pieces of wellness, and they're ready. Okay, that's awesome. And the sky's the limit with that, right? So I can do 30-day total wellness programs. A lot of times I'll start with my 21-day uh, cleanse and nutritional reboot, which is not about starving the body, but it's blood sugar stabilizing, and it's using food as medicine. It's getting rid of inflammation and you know, really um, detoxifying the liver and the body as a whole. And uh, it's also doing some gut repair. And uh, so it's very powerful. I always call it the fast track to radiant health. You know, if somebody wants to start with that 21 day cleanse and, you know, and then we, um, you know, so most of the time I like to start there these days. And a lot of people really feel that they are ready for that because they can do anything for 21 days. Right. So, and then oftentimes on the back end of the 21 day cleanse, they find that, oh my gosh, I just want to keep going with this way of eating. This is actually the optimal way to eat. And I'm feeling satiated and I'm feeling, you know, and I'm losing weight, but I'm losing it the right way. And I feel like I can, I could really sustain this way of eating. So that's the cool thing about that. Uh, And then there's, there's people that want to just work with me and I, you know, with daily coaching, right. So they might be, they might want to do a very all-inclusive 30-day program where they know they have access to me every day through phone, through text, through email, and where I'm literally kind of really in their life with them because there's so many details uh, that come up in a given day that can either keep a person from being successful at really being able to integrate health health and wellness and, uh, you know, so that's where I kind of get in there and help them negotiate and navigate, right? then the fitness is, is separate. I mean, that would be like something that, yeah, if, if they want to, if they live locally and, and, you know, we can, you know, I can do that too with them. I can create, I like to do what's called educational fitness programs now, because a lot of people want to be self-sufficient. So I like to go in and, and really break down what I have found to be the most powerful and most uh, constructive, productive exercises for each muscle group. And, you know, really, you know, breaking those, down, so they understand their body mechanics, how to really uh, ac- perform those exercises properly, and there's a certain amount of time that I need to spend with them in order to really get that, you know, I- you know, uh, inter- into them, like inter- you know, taught to them, and then they're off and going with that on their own, and it's very much um, addressing the core musculature strength as a whole, right, throughout the entire body, because we know that the core musculature system is really throughout the entire body. And so it's really learning how to activate, you know, um, all those more intricate muscles that really are gearing us up for longevity. And um, you know, really help with creating great posture, and uh, you know, m- you know, having that wonderful ease and uh, flow of movement through life, and you should feel no pain, and you should not be feeling um, beat up after a workout at all. You should be feeling energized. And we also want to keep the endocrine system healthy and not be breaking down adrenals and thyroid through exercise. And a lot of people are over-exercising and over-training and really they're actually in a state of accelerated aging, as you know. So True, true. And I was very much, a, you know, guilty of that for many years as a trainer. So I, you know, um, learned that I was doing that myself. And I actually was one of the things I was certified in was spinning. Um, I do not do that anymore. And at one point, I saw that oh wow, I'm never going to heal my adrenals if I continue to spin, <laughs> you know. Hmm. And so I stopped teaching it and stopped doing it. And and I have do other forms of cardio that are much more productive.
1: Kelly Jean, so what uh, would you say right now if uh, nine-year-old Kelly Jean came in to see you
0: <laughs>
1: uh, with with her initial problems and all the things that you know about her. What would you say to her now that you think would change her to become better before she had to go through all of the other uh, processes that you went through?
2: Well, first of all, that makes me really emotional.
1: <laughs> Good. That's my Oprah part.
2: Yeah, you can't. I'm not going to do the ugly cry, though, as Oprah calls it. Um, but I that even is,
1: know,
2: yeah, she calls it the ugly cry. Yeah, beautiful she, cry. Yeah, well, I think it's all beautiful anyway, to be honest with you. And that's a whole nother piece, you know. It's like, would everybody just allow themselves to cry, please? Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> you know, yes. can you just feel and just be real, you know. Mm-hmm. Even those of us that, you know, we've had these spiritual experiences and we're in this facilitating, you know, role. It's like, just cry. <laughs> be real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I would say to that nine-year-old is more than say, I would just, um, I would... um Absolutely, celebrate her and look her in the eyes. And I would, I would tell her just what a magnificent young girl she really is, and how many gifts that she has that we are together going to discover. And um, I, I just can't yeah. wait to discover all of the most beautiful gifts that you are, and you know, and and that you are, he- and that you will. Um, that you're going to experience in yourself and, um, we're going to do that together, honey.
1: Beautiful. I like that.
2: Yeah. I love, just, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's great to just be in love, isn't it? With ourselves it and with the world. And
1: it is, do you, do you ever say, uh, do you ever tell someone that you can't work with them?
2: Uh, mm, Well, usually it just happens naturally and it's very rare that that has happened, but it has happened where, because let's face it, um, as much as you just wish everybody liked (laughs) you, they don't. And, uh, and so there's a lot of people that don't get me. And then there's people that do. And there are other people too that, that, that say they're ready, but when they're ready, when they hear what it is that they're about to, you know, need to do, and they got to take responsibility, right? I can't do, and I can't do the work for them. I can only show them the way, but really the work ends up having to be, we have, we are responsible to do the work. And there are people that don't want to have to really, when it comes down to it, make the changes. They're not ready yet. So, um, yeah, I, I, I've never said I can't, I think there, I can't even remember if there was like a person that I said, I can't work with you. I think it just happened in the conversation. You could just feel it wasn't going to go anywhere, right?
1: Right. I have that as a medical guide also, you know, I can tell people about sugar, but I can't go to their house and remove it from the pantry or stop their arm from flexing. (laughs) Um, And sometimes it becomes one of those things where, you know, it's nice to have them as a client and you're hoping that they can get it. But at some point you have to say, you have to do the work. And if you're not doing the work, I don't feel comfortable um, in this process anymore.
2: And I think that you know you want you want to be, work work with people that really have a respect for you and they trust you and they're willing to take direction and that's when the work gets done and that's when all the magic happens. It's the clients that are the most receptive to right. my my to my love and to my help and they're very open and they receive all of what it is that I have to offer and then all of me comes forth. It's interesting when there's people that have blocks then there's parts of me that block, right, as a facilitator. I can't give forth as much as I have to offer at that point. And that's just because they're only able to receive certain parts, which I have to learn to be okay with. Just give what it is that they're ready for and be okay with not giving them perhaps as much as I'd like to give them. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So so I'm always learning, too, to just um, follow their lead as well know when to nudge them a little further, and know when to not.
1: Beautifully said. I have a question. You, you are in health and wellness and coaching and personal training, so you're in, the, you're in the area where lots of things are always coming out. There's the newest piece of exercise equipment, there's the newest uh, exercise dance craze or something like that. What do you see coming out in the future?
2: just, well, I think that sometimes I get a little bit disturbed by all of the new and out of the box kind of stuff that's out there. I think it's like, can we just like, why, why do we have to make it look like a big circus out there? You know, um, <laughs> exercise and, you know, and people are thinking, you know, it's like bigger and faster is better. And it's not, <laughs> <laughs> you know, no. and it's how people are getting injured and it's, You know, it's, again, it's like, you know, for me with exercise, it's about really being smart. And it's, you know, somebody called my way of exercising as mindful sculpting. Mm. Mm, Nice. And that, that is what I approach, you know, that's how I approach fitness now. It's more mindful sculpting. And I'm 51. I'm in full menopause. I feel like a million dollars. I feel like I better, better than I did in my 20s. I mean, well, let's face it, my 20s, you know, <laughs> anybody would feel better in their 20s than I. But I, um, <laughs> that's funny. That's actually I mean, very funny, you know. But I mean, I don't have any pain, no joint ach- ach- achiness, I have no injuries, I have none of that. And my body is flexible and I'm agile and I feel the depths of my core strength. That, and I'm, I think you probably know what I mean. It's because of the way that I train my body. And so, no, I am not, you won't see me doing a lot of functional training where I used to. And I'm trained in that. And for years, I did do a lot of that. But I do a lot of more mindful sculpting. I do do a little bit of high intensity interval training, but no more than 20 minutes at a time and it's more on the stairs. I will do outside stairs and I don't ever skip stairs. I do not recommend skipping stairs. It's so hard on the whole lumbo uh, pelvic hip complex and the skeleton uh, the, you know the whole skelet- skeletal um, you know health. I mean it just is so you know it's hard on the psoas and you know those hip flexors and, and it's just you know I think it's just like, People just need to settle down.
1: <laughs> well, people, I, I know Christina has probably a thousand things to ask you, but I want to be clear on that. What do you mean by skipping stairs? Do you mean no, like when you're walking what, down or upstairs, don't skip one or two? or exact, Go ahead.
2: Single steps. Just go single steps really fast oh, okay. all the way up. Recover coming down, single steps, really fast, recover coming down and no more than 15 to 20 minutes. And you don't ever want to do that, uh, every day. You want to let your body recover. And so that's that, um, you know, post exercise oxygen consumption, you know, that they call it. And so, you know, it really keeps your metabolism up and, and, um, you know, for the rest of the day. And, you know, so it really kicks up the metabolism, but it is very, it's very easy on the adrenals and it doesn't hurt the thyroid or the adrenals. So that's what we want. You know, it's when you keep the heart rate elevated for long periods of time, right? We're not designed for that, right? You know, and so we end up going into that fight or flight right mm-hmm. for what 45 right. minutes to an hour and then that's when the body's storing the fat it's you know the adrenals are just you know going into the answer it's like, it's like put, putting the pedal to the metal you know right. for a long period of time and it's just it's draining and it just causes uh the adrenals eventually to most you know a lot of the time wear down and then that also affects the thyroid as you know and so uh, there's a lot of um people in a state of accelerated aging because of the way that they're approaching their fitness so I mean, I could just stand on a soapbox for days on this one, (laughs) but you know, it's hard to get people to listen, and it was hard to get myself to cooperate with that whole new paradigm because I was very much, I guess, addicted, Glenn, to
0: over-exercising.
2: There
1: you go. Now I feel better. You
2: feel better now? Okay.
0: (laughs) Um, Kelly Jean, I have a question about um, your work with children. Do you find that Uh, of course, the parents have to make the decision to bring the child to you. Um, Do you find that uh, a lot of parents by that stage is quite cooperative with the work that you do with the child? I mean, are they also present in the room? I'm really grateful
2: when a parent does bring, it's mostly the mothers, you know, they're bringing their daughters to me. And um, oftentimes it's, um, a lot of times it's eating disorders that I've worked with. You know, those, those seem to be, you know, most of what I work with. Um, And I work with, by the way, that's, that's probably about 20% of my work is with that uh, population, but most of my work is with women, 30s, 40s, 50s, you know, 60s. That's mostly um, my demographics, but, uh, and I work with men too. Uh, yes, and so it's just a real joy when I'm brought a young, young child to work with. Oh, my gosh. And usually they're 16, they're in their teens or they're young adults, And yeah, the body image issues, or they have eating disorders. And so they're very cooperative. Yes. And also they're very, um, you know, most of these mothers are just beside themselves wanting desperately to, you know, get their daughter's help. And so I just am very honored when they come to me and I'm very careful to be respectful too of the boundaries and what it is that they're comfortable with me talking about or, you know, um, how they want me, you know, I, I, I'm very much, uh, collaborative with them. And so I know, I know how, um, how to approach the situation that's going to work for, for everybody. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And we have like, very in-depth talks before I start working with their child and just really listening. You know, I think as a spiritual mentor, certified spiritual mentor, I think, you know, the greatest, the thing that I learned the most in the years that I was, you know, getting that certification was how to listen. It's the art of listening. And so the more I listen, then the more I'm then led in the right ways. If I, if I just really listen, then boy, that's usually the only thing that really needs to happen that then enables me to make the right decisions and choices.
0: Mm, Lovely.
1: Mm. Nicely said. And speaking of listening, everyone that watches or listens to this show knows at the end of the show we always ask our guest for a health tip, and I know that people are waiting to hear yours.
2: Well, I think that um, the most important uh, tip that I would love to share with everybody is to um blood sugar stabilize with your nutrition and that that was the thing that changed my life and that is bringing your fats and your carbs and your proteins together you know every meal every snack so your blood sugar stabilizing never skipping a meal ever again especially breakfast um, and Uh, you know, of course, healthy versions of proteins, fats, and carbs, and, you know, eating them in certain ratios and eating them at certain intervals. And you'll find that the body will then begin to naturally burn fat because the body no, no longer then will be in a state of fight or flight, and it will be able to be in what's called homeostasis. And when it's in homeostasis, the body then just releases the excess body fat into the blood and utilizes it as fuel. That's what happens. Your brain chemicals are going to start to feel balanced, your hormones. So this is really key to women in menopause, parametopause, um, you know, people who are in recovery from addictions, My gosh, had I known this years in my early years of addictions, it would have saved me so many years of pain, emotional pain, and also physical pain. So, around the holidays, right? um, Let's face it, uh, we're all going to eat a little sugar. (laughs) So, my recommendations would be that, you know, let's say if you're having pumpkin pie, just eat. Maybe the inside of the pumpkin pie, not the crust. Leave that gluten alone, maybe. And, you know, consider that your carb, right? And then never eat that by itself. Just, you know, maybe group it with some turkey or, you know, some kind of a complete protein. Um, The fat would be in that pumpkin pie. So there's your fat, right? So these are ways that you can kind of negotiate and navigate right now through the holidays. Get your sweet tooth on a little bit. Enjoy. But not necessarily feel like you're going to do 5, 10 pounds of damage, you know?
1: (laughs) 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 <laughs>
2: this is also, I'm going to hold this up. This is um, a company called Lily's, and it's stevia, sweetened. Okay, it's chocolate. So that might be another option. You can get that at Whole Foods or different health food stores. You know, and this is a really good protein bar here. It's Garden of Life. I don't know if you can see that. And uh, it's a protein bar that really is tasty, and it's the chocolate macadamia nut flavor. Mm-hmm. This is one of the best protein bars actually on the market right now, and you'll see this in um, most naturopathic offices um, and naturopathic centers, and it's called the Epic Bar. Okay, it's called an Epic Bar, whoops, and my favorite uh, flavor is turkey. And, um, this is actually turkey. There's some cranberry in it and almonds. And it's very soft. So it's not like beef jerky where it's tough and it would be difficult on the digestive tract, right? So, uh, easy to digest. And it's just got the perfect amount of fat, protein, and carb in here. You probably want to supplement. Yeah, well, this one's, yeah, this one doesn't have any chocolate in it. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah, that's if you're not doing any sweets um, and you want to, and you want like a real fast uh, in between the meals kind of snack. Mm. This would need to be, you need to have a little bit of a carbohydrate to supplement it because it's only got nine grams of carbs in it. So maybe eat like a half of an apple with it or maybe a couple carrot sticks, that kind of thing. Uh, And so another um, great thing you can do around the holidays here is we've got some great teas. And this one is a caramel apple by Celestial, right? Teas. Mm -hmm. And you can put like a little stevia in that and maybe some unsweetened almond milk. And that's delicious. I mean, they are just delicious. And, you know, instead of going for one of those, uh, you know, horrible like drinks at uh, the coffee shops, right? Where they're just loaded with artificial preservatives and and all of that. You can just get some of these. This is another one. Um, This one is spiced or harvest pumpkin by Celestial. So these are really great. You know, again, you just sweeten them with um, Stevia or you could use like coconut sugar which is um, on the index scale. It's from 0 to 100. It's 35, right? So it's on the little lower uh, glycemic index. And uh, so between Xylitol or, you know, Stevia or um, coconut sugar, those would be my those would be my recommendations instead of, you know, obviously, um, you know, cane sugar or even agave they're finding now is actually acting like corn syrup, you know, as far as on the liver. And uh, so I don't recommend that uh, sweetener anymore either. But yeah, so blood sugar stabilize with your nutrition. And if you do over, you know, indulge around the holidays, do not suddenly go into some sort of a... Um, you know, uh, diet mode where you're going to like skip a meal the next day. Never skip another meal because that's (laughs) going to help your... By never skipping another meal, your metabolism is going to stay revved and that's what you want. And um, so, yeah, that was Dr. Diana Schwartzbein's, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. wonderful... You know, uh, teachings, and there's so much I learned from her, and that's the other thing. Read a lot of books. There's so much to draw from out there, and I recommend just you know edu- get educated just keep educating yourself and um, you yeah, know it's it's beautiful. I just never stop because yeah. I'm addicted.
0: I'm addicted <laughs> as I.
1: as are all of us
0: yes that's why we keep doing these shows just in case we don't have time to read the books we have wonderful individuals like yourself Kelly Jean (laughs) can
2: I can I read something real
0: quick absolutely yeah okay how long do we have here uh do we have about a couple minutes okay great
2: so this book Soul Vision and this is from Bill Bauman Bill Bauman's book, mm-hmm. and he is um, my spiritual mentor, as are many people, actually, my spiritual mentor. I, I just, you know, I draw from everyone, you know. Um, don't you think that we all are? Mm-hmm. <laughs> all of us have gifts of wisdom, and but he is just amazing. And so here's something that, from his book. So we can discover an, another dynamic truth. That within us, everything sparkles with infinite light and holds a powerful divine radiance, a radiance that we can experience personally. We are able to know that because we are light. Light's unending gifts are ours to cherish and use in our lives. Our innate beauty is one such gift that can lead us to appreciate and celebrate ourselves and others. Light also gives us the blessing of experiencing life's splendor, perfection, and wonder every day, which allows us to join in that splendor and actually feel the ways it embraces and blesses us in our daily life. And um, that's how I felt when I came into that experience back in 2006. I I think it was 2006. It was um, my light. I felt my light. And it... It has never left me, and I I see it in everyone else too, and we all are light and love. That's really the essence of all of us, I feel, the truth.
1: Beautiful. I think it's a perfect way to end. Thank you very much, Kelly Jean Daymeyer, for sharing your wisdom, your experiences, and your inspiration for all of us. I'd like to also thank my teachers and my healers for bringing me to where I am today. Thank you, Yoga Hub and all of our listeners and viewers around the world continuing to stay with Magical Medical Tour and I hope you're going to have great holidays and looking forward to getting together with everyone on Magical Medical Tour uh, next week as we explore another quadrant of the healthcare galaxy. So until that time, I wish you all optimal health.
0: Thank you very much Kelly Jean. It's been such a pleasure to have you with us and Your inspiration will touch many, many. You are one drop that will become a thousand waves. I can see that. Thank Thank you, you, Glenn, so much. And thank you, Dr. Glenn Woolman, for hosting another great show with me. And of course, we would like to thank each and every one of you for joining us in this new platform of education and information. We're grateful for your continuous support, and we look forward to hearing your feedback on how we can serve you better. If you'd like to learn more about Kelly Jean Daymeyer, we invite you to visit her website, kellygenewellness.com, kellygenewellness.com. And if you'd like to connect with Dr. Glenn Willman, do so through his website, glennwillman.com, where you can learn about his metaphor square breath and of course you have to like him on facebook (laughs) i give permission to share him (laughs) oh and of course as i say over and over we love your feedback and comments and suggestions don't hesitate give us a call or type it into the comment boxes we will definitely get back to you and uh, again give us a call at 818 let's talk 818 let's talk Thank you again for joining us today. And until next time, namaste. Is viable. It's, it's strong. It's, it's just coursing through our lives, through our veins, through our thoughts, through, through all of the opportunities that, that come to us and don't come to us uh we we think of love sometimes as as being uh, very conditional it has rules to it uh if and we think about that for ourselves if if i am not a good enough girl then you won't love me if i don't show